You're listening to an audio resource from Vineyard Church of the Rockies in Fort Collins, Colorado. We are joining God's mission, transforming all things, and you're invited. To learn more about us and how you can connect, please visit votr.church. It's very emotional being here um, and back uh, to the church that we started in 1982 with just a dream like Jeff had. And we had jobs, and we felt like at some point God had something in front of us, and we couldn't, we didn't want to be our age today and look back and say, was that you, God? And we're just grateful, grateful for it all. But I am struck by the little light show today. I just, it's like, maybe I carry that anointing, especially on big Sundays when you invite everybody and you, and you, and you get it all prepared, and then the lights go in and out. And so I may see you here and there if the lights come back on here and there. But it's like, I used to be so uptight when that would happen. Oh, what are we going to do? And, it's like, and I got to watch Jeff. Now he's the uptight about all that happening. <laughs> and it was just like, oh, this is really fun to watch. I hate to say it, but it's like, I have lived that. You know, and one thing, Jeff, is like, one of the big lessons God's tried to teach me over the years is don't take yourself too serious. And some of these, like today with that, but maybe it's just the Holy Spirit so powerfully here, the lights couldn't hold it, you know, so who knows? Um, I know today um, that there are a number of you that have come from other places, and I just thought it would it'd be good to take a moment, and I can't see very well. If I, I don't know if we have some lights working out there yet, but um, I would just like in a moment that many of you have started in this church, and you've gone on to do ministry. Many of you have planted churches. We have a number of our friends uh, that have come back for this Sunday that have started churches, and um, I just wonder if all of you that have been part of this church and you've gone on to do ministry elsewhere and you're back today for our celebration, would you stand up so we can celebrate you and remain standing? There you go. And all right, God bless you. Where's, where's, where's Eric? Eric, I got him. Eric, stand up again. No, stand up. No. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't resist that one. I'm so sorry, Eric. No, I'm not, really. Um, but Eric was, has been part of this church longer than anyone, except Becky and I, because he was one of the, at our very first meeting when we had a half a dozen people or so. And Eric is, was our first teenager, uh, we only, and he was our first youth group with one. He was our first youth group leader, but he's gone on to um, get a PhD in sexuality, and so he's been a real helpful to me, and say, well, maybe not. So, can't believe I said that. Okay. But anyway, and, and he's, he's authored a number of books. He has planted two churches. He's, uh, he's now in Colorado Springs, uh, pastoring a fantastic church. And just one example of just what God is, is, is doing that you wouldn't have expected, but a 16-year-old, I got to watch him play football. That was how long ago it was. So... Um, for those of you that are joining us today from the past, thanks for, for being here. Beck? And I'm just really grateful to be here to celebrate with you guys the 40 years of the church. You know, Rick said we came, it was a risk, but it wasn't our idea, it was God's idea. Mm-hmm. God wanted a church in this community with this personality and this culture because he knew that that would be a church that would reach people that maybe another church couldn't reach. Mm-hmm. And so over the 40 years, there's been a lot of people that have been vineyard people that have come through. And I thought, it's great today to just take time and to remember some of the things that God has done in our lives, because church is all about people's lives and people's lives changing. 
And so I was reading the Bible about memorial stones and how mm. at different times in the Old Testament, like when Joshua was stuck leading the people of Israel and the army was behind and the river was in front, God opened up the river and they walked through on dry ground and they took rocks and they built a memorial. Yeah. Or when um, uh, Jacob was in the wilderness, wow, hi guys. <laughs> hi, you're out there. <laughs> When he was uh, on a trip, he was, and he slept uh, in that wilderness, God appeared to him, and he knew that God yeah. was real, and he took memorial stones and laid them down so he could remember it. And so today, this morning, I was thinking, I was just building my own memorial stones in my head, so the time, in my head, of the times when God has answered my prayers in significant ways, or gave me a revelation of his love that I could have gotten any other way. Or he challenged me to lay down my life, to surrender, or to serve. And so I just I challenge you guys today to just think about it during the day and, and make your own little memorial stone yeah. memory in your mind. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Becky. I am so, so grateful for Becky and the leader that she has become in, in my life and how God is using her. And God is using her in extraordinary ways, extraordinary ways these days. And you would be proud of her too. And we're very proud of Jeff and Natalie. Um, and they weren't our choice. They're God's choice. They're God's choice. And um, the thing that Jeff didn't say, I was lamenting, God, don't you call people anymore? Or is this about resumes and what do I get and all this stuff? And then I get this phone call of somebody that had God speak to them. It's like, God, that's what I want. If, if I'm going to step out, I want somebody that will come and love this church and lead this church because of you, that you've called them. And it's become so evident to me. And uh, Jeff and Natalie, half my, half my age, and it's like, that, that's pretty cool and, um, and all of it. Um, you know, we have a great history. And I'm not going to talk too much about that, but thousands, thousands of people are coming in a relationship with Jesus through this church over the years thousands there are people that have been physically and emotionally healed there have been um, marriages that have been restored there have been kids that have grown up here and continue to follow Jesus and then their kids continue to follow Jesus and there are churches planted we've sent out over well over 30 pastors to either take over a church or start new ones or be on staff at different churches and our legacy is is here but it's out there and over time, just to be able to, to, to embrace that and realize what, what God has done. Yet at the same time, God has done so much, but God has more in store for this church. Do you believe that? Can we celebrate what has been, and can we anticipate and embrace and say yes to God again? Because that's always been the history of God's people throughout the ages. The question, will you say yes Again, and then another question for any church or any group of people is, do you want more? The, the whole uh, mantra of the vineyard has been more Lord. And I don't know if we're asking for more Lord as much as we used to, but it's like there's a desperation of more. But then there's that part is how much more do you want? But is there something in you, Vineyard Church of the Rockies, I hope, that says we don't want more. We want all of it. Whatever it is you have for my life, and you, whatever it is you have for this church, I want all of it. And I'm saying yes ahead of time to whatever it is and whatever that means. People that say yes to God in that way will see exciting and powerful things happen. 
And I do believe, and people can just say this rhetorically, but I'm not. I do believe the best that God has in store for this church is still ahead of us here. Ahead of you, ahead of me. Ahead of, and I think God has done something, but he wants to do more. And I hope this morning that you are hungry for more of all that God has. I, I'm going for it. I'm the old guy now. I can't believe that. How did I get there? I was the young guy when I started. Nobody took me serious. Now I'm the old guy. Nobody takes me serious. I'm not sure how all that works, but I'm going for it with every breath that I take. Some of you know that I was diagnosed with leukemia a year ago, and that, that, that really stumbled me in so many ways. It was like a startling thing. I've been with people that have had cancer and struggled through things like that. Some lived, some died, and all of a sudden, I'm diagnosed with leukemia. And I could have died last year, about a year from now. But God has been gracious. My, my leukemia is, uh, is at a level zero right now. I think that's pretty good. And I don't know how long it's zero, but while I got health, I'm going for it. Well, I, whatever I have, and that's what I'm going to talk about today, whatever I have, I'm going to offer it to God. Whether, sometimes it's been a, a little bit, sometimes it's been more. And I appreciate Jeff allowing me to speak. I haven't for, spoken for a while so he said I could take a couple hours and feel free to just share all the things I've learned these last. But I also want to give greeting to those of you that are online. And also um, our church family back in San Luis Obispo. We, we went out to San Luis Obispo in California to help a church that was uh, in, in duress. And we met some of the most wonderful people that we've ever met in our lives. And so we were interim pastors at Mountain Brook Church in San Luis Obispo. And we're just so grateful for the people and the lives that we've impacted and have impacted us in San Luis Obispo. So I just want to give greeting to our California contingent as well. And welcome to Vineyard Church of the Rockies today for you. Amen. Okay, for the first hour, I think... <laughs> you Jeff nervous over here. You should be, actually. Potential is so overrated. Potential is so overrated. You are not supposed to die with your potential, but a lot of people do. I think the worst tombstone or headstone you could ever have, you know, in, over your grave is, is, is this. He or she had so much potential. That's awful. I can't, I can't have that. There's no way that you had something in you, but you didn't use it. You had so much opportunity. You had this and that, but you didn't do anything with it. I used to coach football for a number of years, seven years when I was in California before we moved here. I was a high school teacher and football coach and then ended up being a principal of a high school. But one of the things that really ticked my butt, can you say ticked my butt? He really ticked my butt is these guys that were so talented, way more talented than, than I was. And they wouldn't use it. They were fast, they were strong, they were fluid, and they were just athletic, and then they wouldn't do anything. And there were other people on our team that were far less athletic and talented, and they would just work and work and work, and then they would pass these people, some guys on our team that had so much more. And I remember one guy in potential, it's like I was just on him all the time. What are you doing? You, you have so much. Why, why aren't you going to use that? And I had that time in my own life <laughs> growing up. It's like, God, why... Like, what are you talking, what are you dealing with? 5'10", really? Slow? Weak? You know, I'd say, you know, but you know what I've discovered? God gave me and made me what I needed to be for what he called me to do. I wanted to be an athlete. I wanted to be a big, big star athlete, but I didn't have what it took. I said, God, come on. But I learned 
the hard way, along the way. It's like, Rick, I've given you everything. I've made you just the way you are in every way to accomplish what I have for your life. Jesus told a parable about the principles I want to share to you today about use it or lose it. It's a principle of the kingdom of God. And here, here it is in a nutshell, and then we'll unpack it. If you use what God has given you, you get more, no matter whether little or much. If you don't use what you have, even what you have goes away. How tra tra tragic is that? Because there's still a lot of people, when they think in their lives, it's like this, if I had more, I would do more. And that's a lie. Because if you don't do something with the little that you have, you're not going to do something with the more that you get later on. And some of it, the lie that we bet is, I don't have enough. Or tomorrow, I'll do something. So the parable of the bags of silver, Matthew 25. Let's walk through this. And I want to unpack it for you. Because I really believe God wants to, to speak to us. He's speaking to me. Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them and while he was gone. And he gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag, one measly small bag, to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. And he left on his trip. Now that word, dividing it in proportion to their abilities, was interesting. Because if I were God, you ever do the I, if I were God kind of thing? If I were in charge, I would have given each of them three. Three, six, nine, and let's see who gets it. But he gets, starts one with five, and then two, then this, this guy only gets one. But God gave them what they could handle, not more than they could handle. And he knew what they could handle. And so he didn't give them equal amounts. You know, it's, it, it's a weird thing, but God is not an equal opportunity giver that God gives somebody, some people more than what he gives you. Get over it. <laughs> it's real. And I used to compare myself with God. Why didn't you give me? Why don't I? And it's like, it doesn't work that way. God gave, Rick Holmes said, God gives you. And God has given you exactly what you're supposed to have. And if you would dare to be faithful to whatever it is that you have, a little or a lot, then what you will have will be given, will be given even more. So the servant who received the five bags, began to invest the money and earned five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver, he dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. You know, with an attitude. You gave them so much and me this little bit. I'm not going to do it. I don't want to lose the little I have, so I'm just going to bury it. After a long time, the master returned from the trip. Here we go. And he called them to give him an account of how they had used his money. And the servant to whom he entrusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest, and I have earned five more. And the master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Those are words all of us want to hear in our life, don't we? By the way, you don't have to wait to heaven to get there. I think God's speaking that right now to so many of you. When I left here in, the, in our time in San Luis Obispo with this church that was really hurting, and, you know, just hearing this, like, you know, well done, Rick. Well done, good and faithful servant. It's not at the end of the day. It's along the way that keeps you going. 
You have been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Here it is. So let's celebrate together. Now the servant who had received two bags of silver came, and for, came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest, and I have two more. The master said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. You see, this celebration that the master is offering is not because they created all these things, but they were faithful and a steward for what they had, not what somebody else had. You and I are not going to stand before God and give account for what he gave or didn't give somebody else. But what did he give you? What has he given you? What do you have right now from God? Then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant. Real attitude. And gathering crops you, did not, you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I'd lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here's your money back. And I don't know all that was going on, but probably like some people today, it's like, man, you gave me so little. You gave them more than me, so I'm not going to do anything. It's not enough. It's not enough for me. Here's your money back. Playing the excuse and the blame game. Let me tell you something, friends. As long as you have someone to blame, for what you are, for what you're not. You have no way forward. You can take that one to the bank. I've learned that the hard way, and I've seen it in lives around me, and it's tragic. When you have someone to blame, you have no way forward until you take responsibility for what you do have, not what you don't have or what people have done to you or not done to you, what you've done to yourself, but what do you have? But the master replied, this is, this is mind-blowing. You wicked and lazy servant. Whoa. You talk about a pushback, a blowback here. If you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? Why didn't you do something with what I gave? You did nothing. Why didn't you do something? But you did nothing. At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Now brace yourself for this idea, this point of what Jesus is saying in the story. He calls him out. He calls him out of, of, this, of this whole idea of excuse and blaming. But he calls him wicked. It's like, that's wicked and lazy. I get the lazy. But wicked? And Jesus is saying, are, are you saying, Jesus, that it's wicked, it's wicked to not use what God's given you? Wow, it's my, well, you know, you know, you say, I, you know, no, there's somebody else. If I don't, somebody else will. I learned a long time ago, there's no, nobody backing you up because they have their own deal. They have their own calling. They have their own time. They have their own what God's given them. So there's nobody backing you. If you don't, they'll step right up. There's a hole. There's nothing there. But it's wicked. It's a wicked thing to not use what God has given you. And that, 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 just, that just blows my mind. Then he ordered, he, gets, he continues, take the money from this servant and give it to the one with the 10 bags of silver. It's like, time out, time out. What, what do you mean? You give it to the, give the one, give this one to the one who had two. That way he gets three, he's catching up to the guy with five. That's how I'm working it. You know, let's, let's, let's balance this thing out. But God doesn't do that. 
He gave it to the one that was the most productive. And sometimes we get offended, don't we? When we see people being blessed and God blessing other people that already have a, a lot, and then they get more. I've, I've, I've done that with other churches. It's like they have more and you give them more and then you give them more and then you give them more. It's like, what about over here? Kind of thing. But that's up to God to decide how that works. And then he says, to those who use well what they are given, even more will be given. Didn't say how much. And they will have an abundance. It doesn't matter how much you start with. If you use what you have, there is an abundance coming. You know what that means? More than you can handle. More than you can consume on yourself. You have so much that you give it away to others that it becomes a benefit to others. And excuses are out the window. Even more will be given to you. And they will have an abundance. From those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Excuses right out the window. God puts something in you and me. And he wants a return on that. He wants a return on that. And it's a wicked thing to hold on to something that God gave you because it's not enough because you compare yourself and it's not significant. But God has given you these things. Oh, five principles. The first one is this that I just said. Using what God has given you is a big deal to God. It's not a small thing. Secondly, if you use what God has given you, you get more. And if you don't, even what you have goes away. Is that tragic? Is that tra that's a potential thing. Potential doesn't change anything. And the third one is close to home for me. You, you always have enough to start. It does not matter if you're the one, the two, or the five-talent person, or the bags of gold person. But sometimes, and I, I've, I've shared this many times in this church, that uh, someday I'm going to start. Someday. You're deceiving yourself. If only I had more, then I would. You know, when I, when I look back on my life, some of you know my story. Born in adultery, raised by a single mom, not going to school, not having a future, or anything like that. I think I was that one talent person. And yet, I gave back to God the little that I thought that I had. And when I think about what I'm doing now, but it started with that small thing and just like, Rick, will you dare to offer? You don't see much in your life. You don't think you have anything going. But if you will give that to me, well, I will give you more. Just watch what I will do. And just saying yes to God over and over again takes you where you're supposed to be and beyond any of the dreams that you have. But just saying yes again and again and again, no matter how you feel, no matter your life circumstances or what's going on, or how you feel about yourself, is like, I'm, yes. The fourth principle I leave you with is that God never asks, can you do something? But he asks, will you? The excuse, God, I love to, I can't do it. Gideon in the mountain, you know, in mountains, hiding out from the Midianites, and, and God shows up, rise up, mighty warrior, say, who, who, who are you talking to? And that he's going to lead this people, you know, um, against the Midianites, and he's like, hey, sorry, God, I, I'm, I'm the least in my family, tribe, I, got, I don't have it working, I'm hiding here with the rest of the people. So he says, I can't. Moses, after 80 years, he's 80 years old, older than me, I like that one. 
And then the burning bush, and God calls him to, to go back to Pharaoh and be the deliverer of Israel. Say, like, oh, whoa, wait a minute. Maybe when I was a young man of 40 or something like that, but I can't. I can't find one place in the Bible where God asked anybody if they could do something. Look it up yourself. Not once. And the reality is God always calls you to what you cannot do, not what you can do. That's counterintuitive, isn't it? So they say, oh, whoa, it's, it's, it's beyond my pay grade. I, I can't do that. I've lived my whole life doing what I can't do. Living, moving to Fort Collins. That's why I, I can't do this. What if they figure it out that I can't do this? But he asks you not if you can, but if you will. And that's a question for this church still today. I'm writing a book right now for young leaders. And I actually really am. Becky, I've, I've, I've been telling Becky I'm going to write a book, and sure you are. So I went to God recently because I'm about 80% done, and I'm, it's a whole thing, what I've learned that I want to pass on to young leaders that I wish somebody had passed on to me. And, uh, for, but it's like at, recently I just said, God, you know, I can't do this. I'm not a writer. I'm a speaker. I'm a pastor. I'm a, I, do, I, I don't write. And you know what I heard? Can you imagine what I heard? I didn't ask you if you could write. I told you to write. No, 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 I can't. I didn't ask you if you could. I asked you if you would. And so I've started to write, and actually I'm, I'm writing, and I'm doing what I can't do. And I, I hope you'll buy 10 copies of my book, each of you. <laughs> Eric, you can tell me how that works. And lastly, good intentions change nothing. Good intentions change nothing. Christians especially have good intentions. They look at the world and they think about how bad it is and what we can do, but they don't do anything. So good intentions, at the end of the day, it doesn't change your marriage. It didn't change stuff you're dealing with in your life, with, if you're dealing with addictions and stuff that's going on. Hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to therapy. I, I, I'm, I'm going to rehab. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And, and I'm going to do this. And, and, you, and you never do it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to school and all these kinds of things. But good intentions... Don't fix anything, and it doesn't change anything. It's what you do with what you have. And then God will take that little. And sometimes you look at this and say, doggone, that's just so little. And you know, um, you know I'm thinking of Carl, Carl Tuttle back there. You, you don't know Carl, but he was an instrumental person in, in when the vineyard was exploding in Southern California and all over, over the world. And I came, and Carl was leading worship. And it was just a spectacular time. He had so much to offer. But what I'm going to say to you, and to, to, this is spontaneous, but it's not just at the beginning. Carl's had a stroke. And he's gone through a really hard time. But you know what? He still offers whatever it is he has. He's still going for it right now with worship and training and reaching out to people that it hasn't stopped him. He doesn't have what he used to have. He doesn't have what he used to have. But what he does have, he's saying, yes, Lord. And I'm trying to do the same thing. With my physical condition and my stage of life, I'm tired of apologizing for me. I'm tired of saying, you know, uh, I'm too, too old. I've got all these things happening in my life right now, by the way. And I recently had this like, God, do you know how old I am? It's like, no, how old are you? <laughs> because I just can't, I can't get it. Because, and it's like, Rick, I know how old you are. I didn't ask you how old you are. I ask you if you do this. 
And so that's the stage of life that, that I'm at right now. And that's what brought Becky and I here. And it's my prayer of prayers that you would take that reality and move forward. Vineyard Church of the Rockies. God has done so much. So much potential in this room. So much potential in Jeff and Natalie. So much potential. So much, so what? It means nothing unless you use what God has given you. And what I hope, we've become a pretty good church here. But is that what you want? You want to be a pretty good church? You want to be a pretty good church? That's really okay, just to be a pretty good church? Or do you want to be a great church? A group of people following Jesus and offering up their lives and giving everything they have to the cause of Christ and serving and, and, and reaching out to the community that they're, they're living in. Because that's what God wants for this church. I believe that Fort Collins in Colorado needs this church. And what I do know, I know God put this church here. This wasn't Rick and Becky's idea. It wasn't Rick and Becky's idea for Jeff and Natalie to come and take the next leg of the race in terms of leadership. It was God's idea. This church is God's idea. You're here because this is God's idea. What are you going to do with that? And what I'm hoping and praying that you will come together and Vineyard Church of the Rockies, as well as your life personally, will say yes again and again and trust him again and take a risk again. And that risk can look, there's a building been donated behind us, a million-dollar building plus was donated to the church. We can do with that. You know, time to, to raise up new staff and to bring new staff on board. But, you know, I don't know. It's like, you can take that risk. You can take that risk to reach out in the city. But everything that God has done and is doing and will do is taking that risk and saying yes to God over and over again, and it gets you where God wants you to be. And I'm here to tell you, family, friends, there's no better place to be. Better place to be.